welcome to the Willow in the Windies with David Oram. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Yardley tried his best, God had won the test. They gave the crowd plenty fun, the second test and West Indies won. With those little pals of mine, Hello and welcome to The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean cricket podcast with me, David Oram. I'll be looking at the recent major cricket news stories in the region in the company of my good friend, the renowned West Indies cricket commentator, Joseph Reds Pereira. <laughs> Greetings, Reds. How are you? Very sleepy. <laughs> I started to watch, um, well, a combination of the Australian Tennis Open and uh, I was more interested in what was happening with Australia and India because Watson was just going crazy, and mm. then <laughs> and then India, I think they they went totally mad. Um, and uh, I hardly been asleep since uh, well early morning. You're you're, you're <laughs> an unreconstituted sports addict, Reds. Uh, we'll look at 2020 cricket uh, uh, shortly. Uh, I want to start with the Under 19 World Cup. I don't know how much of that you've managed to to watch uh, that's got underway this week, Red. But uh, the West Indies won their second game today, uh, handsomely, uh, as they would have hoped to have done, against Fiji. Defeat against them would have been unimaginable. Um, but a hearty win. They, they lost to England before that, which wasn't a bad performance, but England looked the better side. What, what are your impressions of the tournament so far? Well, I think we have started slowly. Other teams seem to be hitting their straps very, very early. And, of course, we have had one injury already. Yeah, and um, we really need to to, to ensure that uh, we, we beat Zimbabwe and take good confidence into the later rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the one little concern um, is that um, our our experienced captain, who's had what of five or six first class matches for Guyana, he's yet. Uh, to be in the runs now, yeah. all, all others have been getting, but you want to make sure that your 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 key captain, uh, experienced batsman, start getting runs very soon. That that, that concerns me slightly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the the first the first hurdle is to get to the quarterfinals. Well, and there's uh, other sides that have not even managed uh, the level of success that, that West Indies have so far. Uh, relatively, New Zealand lost to Nepal, which is quite an upset. And, what uh, a shock! A no, shock. I mean, you can imagine. I, I, I forgot to look at the New Zealand papers, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, that would have been a major surprise because I mean, you know, the image of New Zealand cricket worldwide is, is very respected, and you expect that there on the nineteen would be you know players who are virtually on. Various, um, you know, mm. playing for Auckland, playing for Northern Districts, etc. Mm. As yeah. we see with the England team, I mean, uh, so much experience with uh, people who are contracted to English counties. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're presumably on development programs. Arguably, a bigger upset today with South Africa losing to Namibia. Namibia have won their first two games. South Africa have uh, lost their first two games, having lost previously to Bangladesh. That surely must be an incredible worry for South African cricket. Upset number two. <laughs> Upset <laughs> number two. Well, um, just to come back to the West Indies, huge 340 SK Springer. 
Mm. But in the middle order, got a, got 106, uh, which is good to, to suggest that you know we can bat fairly deep. But we really want to have good starts, and uh, we we, we near, really need to put runs on the board if we're going to get um, our, our bowlers a chance to be competitive. Yeah, I, I I watched what I could the other day of England's game against the West Indies, and uh, well, the, the guys that have uh, impressed so far has been the the quick bowler Joseph, and Pope has looked a very accomplished all round cricketer, good batsman, yes. and quite a useful off break bowler. Uh, Joseph picked up three wickets today, and Pope, I think, picked up four. Mm. Yeah, no, 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 there's there's some promise there, and I I don't think we were surprised to see West Indies lose to England. I think we were pleased to see them compete. I think the real test now comes in the game against Zimbabwe. Victory in that confident victory, and they may well be able to press, progress to the later stages, and certainly do better than New Zealand and South Africa. And I don't believe that the Caribbean public, who might not be following as close as, as you, you know, the, the, the cricket journalists and, and, and the real big cricket fans, mm. then the Caribbean people really realised when we lost to, to England, uh, how experienced yeah. are the England players? You know, yeah. I mean, we, we, we don't have time to, to, to just say, you know, who are they playing for? But, I mean, they're all with English counties and therefore they've been there for... Maybe sometime, and they've come through a tremendous new program. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll monitor the continuation of this tournament, talk about it more next week, and hope that West Indies are still flourishing within it. Uh, the big news of the week, Reds, was the announcement of West Indies uh, 2020 squad squad for the uh, for the world upcoming World Cup. Yes, and um, the, the one name that really surprised me still there is Marlon Samuels. I mean, <laughs> after after. You know, um, an average Sri Lanka tour, a poor Australian tour, where he seemed to be not engaged, totally lost, um, bad for the spirit of the team. Um, and, uh, you know, mm. he's now off to the World 2020. I was really surprised. I mean, certainly we could have invested in, uh, I know they probably will say experience, experience, but, you know, we could have experienced, we could have invested with a, with, with a Blackwood, with a Jonathan Carter, yeah. um, you know, we can have even consider a Carlos Braffitt to, to, to what he will bring, in, you know, to, to, to both sides of the game. Mm. Um, the other surprise was that the West Indies are taking a chance on Sonny Ryan, um, yeah. because he's got uh, to do, um, get his action tested, uh, before, um, you know, he can be finally included. I don't know what proviso the West Indies have made. I haven't seen the fine writing. And if um, he fails the test, who is, in fact, the reserve spinner? That hasn't quite come out. In fact, other countries tend to name their reserves. We don't seem to make that public. It's probably, you know, very much with the board. But there's some encouraging news uh, Narayan played over the weekend um, for the Queen's Park um, against Clark Road mm. and bowled 10 overs and took 2 for 37. And there were some encouraging comments from David Furlong, the Queen's Park coach, who said it looks good. And um, it's a remodel action, according to the report. Mm. And Gus uh, Logie was also quite pleased uh, w- with the progress. But there was also... Um, uh, Coach saying a long way to go, so we we just have to keep 
Uh, fingers crossed that, um, that he will get there and he will finally be be part of the lineup because he's a match winner. He is he is a match winner, but uh, I don't think any of us disagree that it it is a risk taking. We'll 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 monitor that. Um, I don't know if there was any real surprises or omissions in the squad. I mean, one name I possibly questioned Reds. I'm not sure I'd have had Andre Fletcher as my backup reserve keeper. Uh, I'd have probably more likely gone for um, somebody else just as capable with the gloves but offer something else like Johnson Charles or Jonathan Carter? Well, Johnson Charles should have gotten in front of Samuels. Um, I, you, mm. You've been very quiet in the Samuels um, selection. Uh, <laughs> Were you okay with that, David? Well, I, 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 I confess it is a surprise. I suspect it might be his last hurrah. Um, if he doesn't succeed in this tournament, I doubt we'll ever see him in a West Indies shirt again. I... For the sake of a man who almost single-handedly won the West Indies, the 2020 final only four years ago, I think he did enough in that to earn another shot this time round. Well, that, that must have been the thinking, the, the, the whole experience. But he tends to soak up a lot of dot balls, David, which, yeah. which um, I'm a little worried about. A lot of dot balls are soak up. He doesn't get the ball away. He doesn't bat for the team. He bats for himself. I'm I'm a little concerned. Just back to the point of Fletcher, he comes mm. in as the reserve keeper, the reserve batsman. Um, the other person that they probably might have overlooked was Walton, um, yeah. who's a, who's had a lot of experience playing in um, Barbados, playing for the CCC, playing for Jamaica. He just might have been uh, maybe uh, an experienced backup. Uh, that that that. that would be the one person I, I, I would think that, that they could have gone for. Yeah, no, fair point. Um, are they going to miss Santoki, who's a specialist 2020 bowler, who's uh, made himself unavailable and gone to play in the uh, in the Masters tournaments? Well, I was a little surprised when I, I saw the names mentioned. I didn't expect uh, to see Santoki, but, you know, it's a very personal... Personal, personal decision. He's probably been advised. He's probably spoken to a few people, and I mean, what? He's uh, thirty, thirty-one, mm. or thereabouts, David. And he must be figure, well, let me, let, let me go and get some some money for the, for the future to ensure my financial future. Yeah. Uh, but I was a little surprised because he's a genuine, genuine swinger of the ball, and uh, we don't have too many left armers around, plus people who can swing the ball. Yeah, no, I always felt that Santoki was an undeveloped talent. I'd have liked to have seen him even play 50 over cricket, but he's made his decision now. Um, the Guardian uh, in Trinidad and Tobago uh, made a bit of a fool of itself a couple of days before the official announcement of the side by printing the wrong side, a different side, saying that uh, with two or three different names involved, including not having Chris Gale. Um, then the proper side came out a couple of days later. At the same time, the Trinidad Tobago Guardian has also said that Lockhart Sebastian is likely to be to be made West Indies manager for the uh, uh, for the World Cup and presumably ongoing from that. It also mentioned that the other applicants for the job had included Ricky Skerritt, Dwayne Gill, Joel Garner, and Julian Charles. Um, are we to believe these reports, Reds? Well, um, you know, I know Vinod Manchan very well, and uh, no doubt he, he got the scoop wrong on, on, on the West Indies 2020 because he had no Russell and he had no Gale. Mm. These things happen. He trusts the source and that source didn't quite, um, you know, 
was all that correct. <laughs> but um, I think basically um, Ghana and Charles uh, were not considered. Yeah. But uh, they may be um, choosing from three because Ricky Skerritt and uh, Dwayne Gill, who's now uh, with the under-19 team, they're also named. So uh, maybe uh, the, the front runner right now is Lockhart Sebastian, um, who has also been a mark to replace Sir, Sir Richie Richardson. Mm. But uh, my understanding is that he did say that he was not in Interested for his family, um, for his own self, uh, for his commitment uh, to Windward's cricket, etc. That he was interested in that long-term um, kind of post. But um, to cut the, the chase, as they say, uh, he, he seems to be um, the person who is right now maybe the number one choice. Yeah. We, we, I expected also that when they named the 2020 they would have named the manager yeah. uh, because they've, they, they've had time to think about it, but um, that is yet to come. Yeah. Now, I, I, my, my follow-up question would be, but I think I'll keep my powder dry, would be to what, what qualities would he bring to the role? But let's wait and see who does take up that role, and then I'll get you to tell me about the, the, the guy's qualities uh, going forward. Another announcement this week, Reds, was the uh, the marquee players for the uh, the CPL that comes up later this year. Uh, are you excited by the names that were disclosed? Well, you know, you normally see a lot of names. It's, it's whether those names really pan out. But I, I, I would think that those names are coming from a source <clears throat> who must have done uh, some wrong work, mm. some, must have done some wrong work. And, um, you know, there are probably names that, that we will see unless there is injury, unless there is injury. But, you know, uh, I made a note when you talk about um, Santuki retiring early. Mm. I always felt that, you know, looking at Test Cricket, that Seymour Nurse, who yes. got a double in his last game against New Zealand, um, maybe he retired too early. Um, Roy Fredericks, um, uh, you know, surprised us all by stepping out um, from the test game when he, he was still a good player. Mm. And there, there will always be a debate whether Brian Lara should not have gone on to play um, a lot more test cricket. Uh, so uh, just just a quick note I, I did make about uh, people maybe um, calling it a day just too early. Yeah. No, yeah, it still wouldn't amaze me, Reds, to see Brian Lara appear in the CPL. Um the, uh, the 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 names that were shared by the, uh, the the CPL that were expect to be marquee players to play this year were uh, Faf Duplessis, Martin Guptill, Brendan McCullum, Kumar Sangakkara, and Shane Watson. Um, with perhaps one or two more to follow, they'd all be entertaining, and we'd look forward to that. But it has been pointed out and and confirmed, conceded that the CPL is likely to be overlapping with the India Test series. Yes, and. Um... An official from the CPL um, came out and, and said in, in, in the papers, at least I, I read one paper, that he cannot see how the CPL and the, the test series with India um, can go ahead. Mm. Um, you know, the, 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 the test series with India will have to go um, after the CPL is finished. Um, mm. So uh, the, 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 the question of that the test series is yet to be um, put out dates and venues 
So uh, right now, I think we know for sure that the CPL is on, and maybe there's another question mark uh, to the the Indian tour, the West Indies, which would be welcome. It'd be great to see India here, but you know, can you fit all in? No, absolutely. Um, the other thing that's got to be fitted in uh, in the West Indies home season is the uh, ODIs against Australia and South Africa a triangular tournament. Uh, Michael Muirhead, uh, the CEO of the WICB this week, suggested that uh, those players that played in the Big Bash rather than in the recent Najico Super 50 tournament would be ineligible for those one-day internationals. Um, yeah, I almost wonder if this is some sort of return to the West Indies first policy, uh, Reds. I, I mean, are we likely to see Dwayne Bravo and and that ilk ruled out of those ODIs? Well, according to the statement from the CEO, no, they, they, they will not be considered. Um, I would like to believe that all the players were duly uh, notified. I mean, in life you can't have cake and bake. And those, um, if that is the ruling, um, you, you know, you, you just have to, to accept, well, we, we have to pick a team that, that um, will not include it. Well, don't forget that, I mean, they were not included in the World Cup team. Yeah. And a, a lot of time has passed for, for the West Indies selectors to, to look at others. Others, so we expect maybe um, that we probably start uh, as the underdogs uh, to Australia, who are, who are playing well, and South Africa, who seem to be on the rebound. Yeah. Um, another comment made recently by Michael Muirhead was that uh, he disclosed that he's had the report that came back on the allegations that Phil Simmons had made about uh, interference in the selectoral process. He did say when that. Uh, in, in, a, in an interview, I think more than a week ago now, he said that uh, he would be disclosing the findings of that. He's yet to do so, Reds, and uh, I believe he and Dave Cameron have now gone off to the UAE for the ICC meeting. So we're not, we're not. Yes. And that meeting, of course, starts uh, today. So we'll hear more about it. Yeah, but um, the longer you take um, to bring out the findings. Mm. Um, is the more uh, people will question it. Right. Um, and uh, I think he, he, the timeline is gone. And it, it's a pity that uh, when that report came back, it might not be his fault that it took so long because other people were involved. That should have been done as soon as it hits his desk. Um, but you talk about the ICC, um, one of the things they're going to discuss is whether they will push for Commonwealth Games cricket as they once did in Singapore, hmm. and they consider whether they will push for cricket in the Olympic Games. Um, I think they first of all have to examine how successful was the Commonwealth Games exercise before they can go any further, and I'm sure that they they they, they, they will do that. So we wait just to come back to the point hmm. for the statement to be put out by the CEO. Yeah. Yeah. No, he had a lot to say uh, recently, Michael Muirhead. He was quite relatively forthcoming. He he was one of those that spoke about the Najiko Super 50 and, and shared uh, optimism for the future, but did comment upon the poor pitches. The poor pitches is something that we talked about last week, and we had listener feedback from uh, an illustrious source, uh, former Test umpire John Holder. He uh, wrote to the pair of us and uh, gave us his own opinions about um, uh, the state of pitches in the West Indies, and particularly had uh, opinions about uh, the lack of grass on those pitches, Reds. 
Yes, we were very flattered that, that, that John heard our program. We appreciate um, his response. Yes, I think uh, that was uh, the, the, the major point he was making, the reluctance to leave grass. And sometimes there'll be no grass and, the, you know, the ground staff will be rolling flat bake areas. Or when you do see grass, it will disappear uh, 48 hours before the game. Mm. And... Um, it's it's a major it's a major need for the Western East Board to really concentrate on um, the core question of, of, of pitches. I mean, you know, we we can go into more detail, which we have already done, hmm. but something needs to, to be hap- happening uh, fairly soon, and, and it's not going to be you know something that you can solve in six months. No. But um, the, the ball is the ball is turning. Uh, just too much in Port of Spain and, and in Providence, and um, I think uh, pitches generally have got to be a lot more balanced in terms of what's good for the batsmen and what's good for the bowlers. And for the spectators, you aren't going to get people coming to watch a shorter format of the game if they can be so low scoring. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one has to remember the audience first and foremost. It was interesting to get uh, comments. Uh, from umpire John Holder. Uh, one of the other stories I was interested in the Caribbean this week was uh, more development on the umpire exchange programme between the WICB and other uh, countries and uh, Zahid Basarath and Vadane Smith, uh, two more that are going to swap over, I think one to Bangladesh and one to England and get some experience overseas. It's very useful, isn't it, Reds? It is very, very useful. And, you know, you go back a long time ago, we had a number of, of umpires who had um, some opportunity to go to England. So uh, although this seemed to be um, a, a firm program, we had a, a bit loose um, arrangement where we did get um, our umpires going off to England and standing in a number of matches. But there was some concern about the umpiring in the Nagico. Hmm. Uh, I think we suggested, and uh, I think we had support from other quarters that... Um, you know, they need to be maybe two uh, referrals. Um, I was told very quickly um, that it costs money. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you, you're looking at, at a game where, you know, failure could cost a man his play. Failure, um, you know, because of a, a dubious decision, a bad pad, um, an inside edge into the pad. Um, given them, like before, that can cost the team a, a, a loss at a, at a very crucial time. But I'm sure that everyone who was watching would have seen that there were errors. And I think the umpires need a little bit of help because some of these things are very, very faint inside edge. And if you're not sure, um, let the t- technology help you. Yeah, yeah. We spent most of the time this week, Reds, as usual, uh, looking forward at the uh, things that are on the immediate horizon, uh, but there was time spent this week, good time spent this week, looking back. It was 50 years ago, literally this week, that the uh, proper uh, four-day, well, now four-day tournament, but the first-class tournament was really put together in the uh, West Indies with all six West Indies member boards. Uh, 50 years ago this week was the start of the Shell Shield. Tony Cozy wrote a very delightful piece about it, and I know you spoke about it uh, in broadcasting on radio in the, in the Caribbean, Reds. What, what are your own memories of the, the start of that tournament? Well, I remember the first game. Um, I, was in, I was not anywhere near Antigua, but it was uh, quite a high-scoring uh, 
drawn game. There were a number of centuries. I mean, E.C. Griffith, who later became the president of the West Indies Board, Barbadian, made 150, and, uh, you know, out of Jamaica's 283, and batting in reply, the Combine Islands made 250, Irvin Schillingford getting 53. Batting a second time, Jamaica made 285 for five declared, trying to force a win, when Eastern McMorris getting 134, and Teddy Griffith was again in good form, getting 44. But the Combine Islands replied very well in 264 when the game ended. 264 for five with uh, Irving Schilling for another 113. And Len Harris out of St. Kitts, another on 52. He'd gotten 41 in the first innings. That was the start. And it was, in fact, um, a high-quality uh, competition. It got better each year. It got mm. very competitive. Some some games were mini tests. The crowds, David, were large. I mean, you know, I mean, thousands of people mm. will, will, will go, especially on the Saturday and, and, and Sunday. And uh, you know, I remember David Gower coming out uh, to have a holiday in Barbados and <laughs> watching a game at Kensington between Barbados and Guyana. And not just that game, he was talking overall. He felt that the Chelsea, our first-class cricket, was the most competitive in the world at that time. Mm. Yeah, no, it's certainly a hard, tough league, and so many great cricketers came out of that sort of structure. Um, interesting, just as a sidebar there, uh, Reg, you mentioned David Gower. Uh, I noted today that... Uh, Gower's the latest to, to come out and in favour of four-day test matches. Um, do, do you agree with that? Yes, I think that's been mentioned before. Um, you know, there have been a lot of um, ideas coming out uh, how to speed up the game. Uh, some people feel that maybe you should limit uh, the first innings to an, a certain number of overs to ensure that the game is moving very quickly. You have the question of cricket, uh, test cricket on the lights. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, the ICC Cricket Committee should look at all those things. So look at all those things to see how we can move away from a five-day game. I mean, a lot has happened. A lot of good things have happened to the shorter form of the game, especially during the World Series period. Um, you know, where, where a lot of creative ideas uh, were brought in, and I'm sure that this can happen for Test cricket. Mm. Uh, just back to the Shell my first mm. game uh, as a working commentator was 1969 at Savannah Park, uh, Jamaica 289, Guyana in reply 104, Jamaica batting a second time at 189, Guyana a spirited effort 293. Um, but Jamaica won by 81 runs and one Morris Foster scored mm. 135 in the Jamaica first innings and uh, one Joe Solomon also figured <laughs> for Guyana uh, with, with the bat in that game. But that was my first memory and I had the pleasure of working with the, the great late Roy Lawrence. Uh, yeah, some great names, some great players and... Uh... I think it proved, uh, with where West Indies cricket was at that time and went, went forward, the strength of uh, having proper structures in place. Yes, um, it was well-sponsored uh, by, by, by the Shell Company. It was also well-promoted. You know, um, everybody was uh, engaged. Everybody knew that um, you know, Jamaica was playing Trinidad and Port of Spain or 
Barbados was going to Sabina Park or uh, Barbados was coming to Bordeaux or vice versa. Um, there was a lot of publicity and of course um, there was a lot of people trying to get into the West Indies lineup, um, mm. hoping to have a very good uh, shell and if you get, got wickets and you got runs, well you just might be considered. Some actually got the runs and didn't quite make it, some got the wickets and didn't quite make it, but that made it very, very interesting indeed. Yeah, yeah. Happier times, happier times, and uh, well, I think that's about all the time we have uh, for this week. I know, Reg, you always like to uh, thank our uh, listeners overseas. Well, I really want to say hi to the cricket fans in Grenada, who might be taking a back seat because they are about to host over Easter. Uh, Grenada will be hosting the Junior Crifter Track and Field Championships, hmm. which is the biggest development meet in the region and I think uh, Sebastian Coe will be attending a lot of the IF officials so you know cricket takes a backseat in Grenada but we say hello to all our cricket fans and we wish that event well I mean Tarani James is a world-class athlete out of Grenada so we can understand the interest and a brand new stadium brand new stadium and uh, we want to say hello to all of friends in, in the Caribbean and all, all our friends in North America. One of the things the ICC meeting starting today hmm. will look at cricket in the USA and how they, they can make the game stronger at the administration level and at the playing level, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll monitor that and uh, see what comes out of it. Um, just remains for me to thank you, Reds, and to thank uh, as well our listeners tuning in via the internet. This has been The Willow in the Windies the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, with Reds Pereira and me, David Oran. And I hope you can join the pair of us again next time. Goodbye.